Right, we'll have the go ye kids to go ye. And the rest of us, and instead of starting a, a new series, I just want to cover a few different things. And tonight, I, I would like for us just to take our, our time here together. And uh, we'll try to be careful. Of course, the subject of tonight's uh, sermon, we could we could be here till next Sunday if we uh, so chose, and but we won't do that, I promise. Uh, looking at contemplations on the cross, and by that I don't mean uh, the Buddhist type of just sitting there and going oh, until something strikes you, um, but. If we will actually understand our Bible, the center point of all history, the climax of history, is the cross of Jesus Christ and the empty tomb three days later. And yet, as we look through the Bible, we've got uh, so many different things to just think about. It, it was the place of God's love and wrath, and yet, uh, yes, uh, the place of God's love and yet the place of God's wrath. I, I like, uh, why don't we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Oh, excuse me, my fingers are sticking here tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. We're going to pick up verse 18 in a few minutes here, but just right now what we're looking here is the the cross of Christ. People have made it into jewelry. It's a symbol of Western civilization is the cross, the uh, the Irish people have the Celtic cross and the, uh, you have the Roman and the Gothic and all kinds of different crosses. And, you know, it's, uh, if somebody came walking into church, uh, with a, uh, little green box on a necklace, you say, well, what's that? Well, this is the gas chamber. See the little window right there? And if you open the door, there's a seat and, and the bucket under everything, I mean, you would, wouldn't you think that person was just kind of not quite thinking in the right circles, could I be kind, uh, who had a fixation on death and things like that? I mean, yet I, I want to tell you that the electric chair is considered, uh, or the uh, gas chamber, uh, these are considered humane compared to the cross. The cross was a terrible place of punishment. They, they did uh, perform crucifixions in the land of Israel a little different than they did in most places. Um, because the Romans, though they were great oppressors and uh, tyrants in every sense of the word, uh, they, they understood that there were times when it was best not to just completely unhinge the entire population. 
when Rome came into the land of Israel for the first time, it is said that they took the main road that runs from Damascus to Jerusalem, straight down through the middle of the land in Samaria, and they lined the road with crosses and put a Jewish man on each one. Only they didn't take the people down. They left them there because they wanted these people to understand that the boot of Rome was complete and that there would be no hope of opposing the power of the Roman Empire. In fact, the Roman general rode his horse right up and busted open the the door to the temple and rode his horse right into the courtyard of the temple in Jerusalem. And it excited such violence and such uh, an uprising of the people that even Rome understood they had overstepped their bounds and backed off just a, a little bit there. You see, a, as we look here, we understand that the cross was not something that you just wore around your neck as a nice piece of jewelry. It was one of the most horrendous types of capital punishment known to mankind. Jesus suffered and died on the cross because he loved us. And I will tell you that, and this is one of the the recommendations, this is standing. Uh, If you are battling with depression or discouragement, if you're uh, battling with ideas of low self-worth and all of these kinds of things, you, you need to spend some time understanding the cross, thinking about the cross of Jesus Christ. You see... The world has this false, ridiculous, trumped-up imitation lie. Oh, I'm such a valuable person because I protect the environment. I met a little, uh, I call her a little girl, I don't know, she's probably in her 20s, on the street. And she was saying, would you like to talk about the environment? And I just, I said, I don't think you want to talk to me. She said, really? Why not? I said, number one, the environment is a whole lot bigger than you are, little lady. And it doesn't need you to protect it. Well, that was basically the end of the conversation. I, you know, I just thought as I walked off, how sad people must be who live in a world that is so fragile that they're the only people that can protect it. That's a lie. I love to mention Lake Erie. I used to live in Cleveland. The Cuyahoga River used to catch fire. That's how polluted it was. And uh, it was a terrible thing. In fact, uh, I can't give you the exact percentage, but... Uh, almost all life in Lake Erie at one time had ceased to function normally. And uh, it, it, had just, it was actually declared by the EPA a dead lake. Detroit, with all of its automobile manufacturing, was just dumping in the sewers and the 
uh, toxins of all, all that pollution into the lake, and Cleveland was pulling its drinking water out of the same place. I mean, it was, wow. I, I, I just Every time I turned on the tap in Cleveland, I just thought, this is nasty stuff. Well, that was back in the 70s. Today, there are commercial fishers working on Lake Erie, bringing in a harvest and making money selling Lake Erie perch. All they did was they stopped pouring in the poison and the lake healed itself. You see, that's the kind of creator we have. And he loved us enough to send Jesus to die on the cross in our place. Uh, I, I hope you never get tired of hearing it. That Jesus, as God, as the infinite God, in a finite period of time, was able to satisfy the eternal judgment of God for all eternity, for whosoever will. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. You know, there, there is only one word for a human being that would give his life for his enemies rather than for his own people or his friends. We call that a traitor. Only God could love the way God loved without compromising himself. Are we together on that? You have to think about that one. That one's not. That one's that one's not uh, just for this. Uh, 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 yeah, okay, I got it, and move on. But I cannot love my enemies the way Jesus loved his enemies. The greatest way I can love my enemy is taking the message of Jesus to them. Amen. The greatest love I can give to another human being is helping them understand. We're passing out the tracts today. Uh, I just told people on the streets, a gospel tract from our church. It's the Easter story here. And, and people, oh, oh, Easter, I'll take that. They know that Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate holidays. And, and so uh, we want to help people understand. We want to let people know it was a place of... Love, and yet it was a place of wrath. The Bible says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Colossians 2.14 says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. We don't want to make the cross of none effect. Now, in the Baptist church, we use the empty cross, not a crucifix. There's a reason for that. Jesus suffered only one time. He was put to an open shame one time, one time did Jesus satisfy the wrath of God. Read Isaiah chapter 53. 
read uh, Hebrews chapter 2 as Jesus tasted death for every man. We have God's eternal judgment, God's holiness, and God's love, and God's redemption, all meeting at the cross. They're contradictory. In fact, they're opposites, are they not? And yet, they met in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we'll believe in Jesus, we can be set free from the judgment of our sins by believing in Jesus Christ as the payment for our sins. Amen? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The cross was a place of shame. I remember the story of Corey Tin Boone, who was actually put into uh, Ravensbrook death camp uh, because she and her family were harboring Jews during uh, World War II. And, of course, the, the shame and everything they had to fa- face, we won't go into the details here tonight, but as her and her sister then in their 50s, We're facing this degradation. Everything was planned to dehumanize you and take all way every cent of humanity and and, uh, ability to function as a human being. But as she was suffering all these things, at first her mind was, why God? Why must I do this? And then she realized something. Her sister Betsy looked at her and they said, they shamed Jesus, too. And she said, my mind was finally opened up to understand that the pictures that we paint of Jesus on the cross were nothing like it really happened. We wouldn't put those kind of pictures in our church. It was a horrid, horrid thing. It was a place of shame. The Bible says that Jesus despised the shame of the cross, that he took upon him the weight and the judgment of every sin that was ever sinned. I've heard preachers preach that Jesus became a sinner, and that's not true. It's the fact that Jesus, as the holy God, allowed the weight, the penalty, and the judgment of God for every sin to be placed upon him. It's a place of shame. And yet, let me read you Galatians 6.14. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Do you see the contradiction of terms? We look at God's love and God's judgment. We look at glorying in the cross and all of the shame that Jesus endured 
that he despised so that we could be set free. Do not allow the truth of the cross, especially at this time of the year as we think about the cross and the resurrection and we'll be talking about that next Sunday, I'm sure. But I I want us to just think about the cross of Jesus. God's love, God's wrath, shame, and glory. The cross is a place of death, and yet it is the place of life as well, is it not? You know, Jesus was trying to illustrate, trying to help us understand something, and I just want you to listen closely as I read. I'm going to read several verses here. Matthew 16:25, Jesus said, "For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it." Mark chapter 8, "For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the gospels the same shall save it." Luke 9:24, "For whosoever will save his life shall lose it." But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Luke 17:33. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. John 12:25. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 14, verse 27, Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You see, the cross was a place where Jesus died. Amen? And yet, He resurrected the third day and He offers eternal life. This whole world and all of false religion in it is about one thing. It's about giving you what you want. Whereas the Bible is taking away what you want. The Bible is a surrender. The theme of the Bible, if we'll uh, just take our, our Bible and start at the very beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? God killed the animals and made a covering for Adam and Eve from their skins. Abel was supposed to bring... He brought the acceptable sacrifice, a lamb and shed its blood and poured it out around the altar and burned the body of that lamb on the altar as a sacrifice to God. And how many hundreds of thousands of animals were killed to fulfill the Bible law and the ceremonies required by God's law. And yet, the Bible says, if we seek to save our life, if we seek to preserve ourselves, I've always got nervous when I've been around people who claim to be Christians that 
I'm going to be ready when it happens. And I always, always get nervous about that. You know, the only way you can be ready when whatever it is that you think is going to happen, going to happen, is to serve God faithfully today. Amen. Amen. Uh, and the people that I met, I, I'm, uh, I'm glad that I have not maintained any relationship with them whatsoever. But, I mean, they were talking about putting guns in the basement. One guy even was buying a, an old uh, riot tank from the Detroit police. This is a preacher. And he, he wanted me to help him repower it and put an engine in there. And I said, listen, bud, you're going to have to do that on your own. Uh, uh, I got a church to start in New York City. I'll see you later. Uh, let me out of this place and I'm never, ever going back. Um, you know what? We I just read all of these verses. And does it not illustrate the point? That if I'll surrender my life as Jesus did his, then you can have real life. How many of you have lived long enough for the Lord to understand that it's a whole lot better living my life his way than trying to live my life my way? Could we say amen to that? This is what the cross is about. It's to remind us of these things. Jesus died so that we can live. And all he asked me to do is be a living sacrifice. To die to self and live my life his way. Actually, live his life in me is a better way to say it. Amen. And so, the the cross, as we think about it. It's the place of God's wrath and the place of God's love. It's the place of shame and yet it's the place of glory. It's the place of death and yet it's the place of life. You want the cross? Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 if you're still there. And look at 18, verse 18. We looked at 17. Uh, we do not want the wisdom, uh, uh, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For, <coughs> excuse me, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. The cross is the place of foolishness compared to, as far as the world is concerned. But it is the wisdom of God and it is the power of God. Aren't you glad that God devised a way of salvation that was wholly dependent upon God and not us? Can we say amen to that? That God, when He planned salvation, it was the work of Jesus Christ. That's the thing that I, I just I contemplate. How does a person think that they can do enough good to pay for the sins that they have done? How, how do you get there? 
How many bad things do you have to do to pay for, I mean, good things do you have to do to pay for the bad things that you've done? And what happens? How many of you have ever had this happen? You're trying to do something good and it doesn't quite turn out the way you try. Has anybody had that problem? I mean, as we stop and think about this thing, Does it make sense? And I've, I've heard Jewish people ask this. Why, why are all you Gentiles so interested in a Jewish God? And that's, the answer is really simple. Because he's the only one. There are no others. And you look at all the religions of the world. Not a one of them does the God of that religion perform what is necessary for you to be saved. The gods of the Greeks, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, they're all too human in their failures and in their plans, are they not? I mean, it is amazing how human these gods really are. And yet, wasn't that the lie of the devil? If you eat the tree, Eve, You're going to be as gods. You're going to know both good and evil. The only problem is, once you know evil, you can't go back to knowing good. You see, the cross is foolishness to them that perish. But to you and I, it's the power of God unto salvation. Listen, the cross is a place... To give the world an excuse to hate the truth. The cross is that definer, is that discerning item. How you treat and how you understand the cross determines everything about eternity. Galatians 5.11 says, And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Paul said, if I were to go back and agree with the Judaizers and say, by keeping the law, you can get saved. He said, I've just taken away the offense of the cross. What is the offense of the cross? Is that I have to come to a place of God's eternal wrath, of shame, and of death to find God's eternal life. Glory and His love. You see, the cross reminds me of what Jesus did for me. And if there's any time of the year we need to think about that, it is as we think about Easter, is it not? Take a few moments this week. If you can, if, you, if it's at all possible, and sit down just by yourself and ask God to help you to think about the cross of Jesus Christ. Try to go through some of these conflicting ideas that are solved as we understand the cross. You see... As we look at the cross and we 
understand the truth of the cross, we will also understand who are the enemies of the cross. It says, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. That's Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. You see, the new, quote-unquote, Christianity is out there, is a bloodless, shameless uh, Christianity. I'm often reminded of the little cards, and I I won't use the words that uh, they used, but it had uh, a picture of a 50s teenager pushing a vacuum cleaner, and it says, come to, I can't even remember the name of the church. I think it's called the Light Church or something. It's right down here on 31st Avenue, 49th Street. It's the old St. Andrew's Episcopal. It says, our church doesn't what vacuums do. And I'm sitting there going, wow. Where in the world? You know, if a vacuum doesn't suck up dirt, is it working? Hello? I mean, I think about... What are you actually saying when you say these things? You see, they want a church that's without guilt and without conviction, where nobody's wrong, everybody's right. You know what they've done? They've taken the cross of Jesus Christ and have made it of none effect. Yet, if we will come to that cross... We are going to see our own shame, are we not? And yet we'll see Christ's forgiveness that is greater than our sin. The grace of God that will pay, that has paid for our sins if we will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not willing to die to yourself, what do you want Jesus to save you from? Jesus' primary goal in saving me is saving me from myself. Amen? It is my sin. It is my understanding of reality that is warped. It is my understanding of God that is insufficient. And yet, if I will come to the cross, He'll straighten all these things out. We we need to understand that there are enemies of the cross. And that doesn't make us want to go out and fight them. That's not, that's not how we fight the enemies of the cross. The only way we can fight the enemies of the cross is through the Word of God. And through a proper and true understanding of what the cross of Jesus is. It's a place of great contradictions. Love, judgment, glory, shame, life, 
death, foolishness, and wisdom and power. I'll tell you, I've made my choice. I hope and pray you have made yours. And that together we would take a little bit of extra time this year and just think about the cross of Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Let's pray.